This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. This is Mike the Deer Killer. And you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Alright, so uh, welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic via genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com. Find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com. And also subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer. Uh, and, you know, uh, we do not condone deer killing of any kind. Um, <laughs> Actually, I kind of do. You know, I used to be really against hunting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I hit my third deer tonight and i'm and i'm Jeez. kind of about it let's control that population <laughs> i am I, I i will say not that we try to get political on here but i am a ge- advocate for gun control mm-hmm. nobody's going to take all your guns uh but but definitely let's use guns to get rid of deer <laughs> for sure i uh yeah let's not yeah yeah uh all right, yeah, that can be the stance of the obsessive viewer. <laughs> yeah. Is that fair? <laughs> that, sure, why not? I don't want okay. to turn it into a political thing. <laughs> Hunting season yeah. starts in a few months, so but, uh, started early yeah. for the mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, before we get started on the main topic, I do want to mention, again, uh, real briefly, check out my side project podcast. It's called Anthology. It's a, it's a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's golden age, starting with The Twilight Zone. Every episode, I take two episodes of the twilight zone break them down and discuss my feelings on them and some trivia and, and cast biographies and stuff like that you can find that in, at anthologypod.com and also shocktober and Arrington, you'll hear the promo later in this episode so guys what are we talking about today movies movies yes movies. we <laughs> yes. kind of we kind of missed the the true midpoint of the year but mm-hmm. uh you know, I think tis the season to tar- start talking about where we are about halfway through the year. Right. So we're doing this week, we're doing a uh, an episode about just our favorite movies of 2015 so far. Our friends at, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that our friends at The Nerds You're Looking For did something similar a few weeks ago. You can check it out in the show notes. But anyway, um, so basically I think, you know, Mike, did you mention this? That, you know. What's that? By the midpoint, or maybe maybe it was the nerds you're looking for, but just by the midpoint of the of the of the year, you get you've watched movies and everything. Oh yes, this that yeah. this was me. Okay, I thought so. Uh, do you mind if I restate it? Go right ahead. I would just jumble it. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Well, uh, I think the point that I was trying to make is that um, some of the movies that come out in the first half of the year are really great. Uh, you know, there's of course award season is. Uh, just just after award season is when the the true trash comes out, mm-hmm. and every now and then there there are some real gems. Uh, and of course, I think um, kind of under the 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 puffy layer of superhero movies, we also get some really good summer movies. Mm-hmm. And I was basically lamenting that once award season in November, uh, I guess October November, kind of kicks off. Um, and they really start bringing out the heavy hitters. I, I feel like some of the other ones, and I think I, I mentioned Ex Machina 
mm-hmm. are kind of get pushed to the side. And I just, I really hope some movies that I loved really at the beginning of the year aren't forgotten or pushed aside in favor of kind of these last minute underdogs. Uh, and I think I cited um, the theory of everything right. as, as one that kind of bugs me. Yeah. Cause I mean, <laughs> you get a lot of awards baiting movies. Exactly. Yeah. Not that not that that's a bad movie. I thought that was right. a very fine movie, but right. uh, it's also not a movie we'll be talking about in twenty years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants because we're we're recording this kind of un, uh, non-traditionally or uh, out of a out of sequence. Me and Tiny just recorded a long discussion about True Detective that I'll throw on at the end of this episode. But anyway, um, so my brain's a little frazzled. Mike, how do you want to do this? Why don't you take the reins on this one? I think um, I think a smart way to do it would be if we just kind of go month by month, and I I I uh, I kind of see most things. So um, I'll kind of start in January, and we'll just say a movie, and we'll kind of talk about it. And if you guys have something uh, in say January to add to that list, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. You you are our uh, our you know theater guy i mean you see a movie yeah. every week so yeah definitely. Yeah. i do i haven't uh i haven't counted in a while but i i think i'm at least on average so nice um so anyway january will be a little weird we you'll have to remind me exactly if these movies came out in 2015 or if they were 2014 movies theory of everything was 2014 wild was 14 taken three was 14 selma was 14 fox catcher was that that's a 14 that's 14 was was taken three 14 or 15 uh i saw it on the 8th oh. of january I feel like that was a January release, or it might have well, been December. I will say this. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> There's enough. There's nothing much to say, so we can skip it. Yeah. Skip it. Fair right? enough. Fair enough. <laughs> was American Sniper wide released in January? Uh, it no. Was, it was wide released in January, but I mean, that was that was 2014. Uh, no, because okay. it, uh, it. I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. Or No, I think it, it had a wide release on Christmas Day. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. So then uh, there's not much worth talking about in January. Okay. Let's confine this to anything that was in the 24 – this year's Oscars is off limits because it's not It's off limits, yeah. Okay. So we'll start in 2015 and on the 5th I saw Project Almanac. Did you guys see this movie? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I did not. And, and Taken 3 was 2014. But I did not see this. But I was kind of curious – I was kind of curious I, about it when the title was Welcome to Yesterday or whatever. Yeah, I wanted to like it so much, and I and I think I gave it more credit than it deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's pretty crappy overall. Found footage time travel seems right up my alley, but exactly. I mean, exactly. it did not look. I think I'm so marred or I'm so uh, scorned by Project X that I'm yeah. those kind of teen focused uh, found footage movies aren't going to do it for me. Aren't going to isn't going to put my ass in the seat. Yeah, bad script, poor performances, moving on. That's a bummer. <laughs> Did you guys see The Boy Next Door with uh, Jennifer Lopez? I didn't. What? I don't even know what that yeah. is. I saw it February 11th. Mostly forgettable, except a really gruesome eye gouge at the end of the movie. Ooh. Worth seeing, if only for that, and the kind of schmaltzy, uh, uh, really phoning it in performances and uh, a kind of goofball script, but... <laughs> Did you guys see Seventh Son? Uh, no, no, that does not look very good to me. It it, it lo- wasn't that in like development hell for a long time, or wasn't it like kind of completed a long time ago and then and just kind of pushed out? 
Well, I don't know where it began, but I know that it ended on my worst of the year list. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> and um Jeff Daniels, not Jeff Daniels, Jeff Bridges, <laughs> kind of had this affectation on his voice the whole time. It was just so weird. It was kind of like the dude, but slower. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Um, but let's talk about a good movie, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. So Kingsman, The Secret Service. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I still haven't seen it. You didn't see it? I didn't see it. Well, I have reason not to – or I, I, have, I have a notable reason. I mentioned last week in our pod chat that I was going to see as many as I could before uh-huh. before this recording, but <laughs> I kind of ran out of money. <laughs> I, I've been broke this week, and I didn't want to spend the four or five bucks renting it, so I, I'm, I'm just going to pick it up at some point uh, when I can afford it. And, and the Tiny. other – I did see it, yeah. You guys talked about it in the uh, in one of our extended potpourri. I think it was the post Oscars potpourri. But go ahead, uh, uh, yeah. overview. How was it? Why, why will I love it? Um, why will you love it? <laughs> you know the weird thing about Kingsman is it's kind of this. Um, it's the peak of this type of movie that is adapted from a comic book, but. Uh, truthfully speaking, the comic book is actually like intended to make a movie. Like it's almost a pre-script for the movie. Huh. Okay, so when they got together um, to to write this comic book, it was with the intention of making it into a movie, and so it came huh. out uh, just as as called the Secret Service. And uh, the first issue was was kind of similar, um, but it was his uncle was helping him out. And it wasn't just some guy. Anyway, and so it kind of it kind of goes from there. Um, but it, gosh, it really did it well. Um, some of the action set pieces are are pretty incredible. It's, um, I think we get a lot of bad spy movies. It, and I'm not really a fan of spy movies, but it sure made spy movies fun. Huh. Nice. Yeah, fun is the word I would use to describe it. I had a great time with it. Um, I I wasn't overly impressed with it um i this is like the fourth or fifth comic book movie we've had we've gotten from matt vaughn yeah um i'd kind of like to see him do something else uh <laughs> but while he's doing these i'm having a great time with him i'm not i'm not going to knock him down for making these really fun comic book movies but yeah i'm just curious to see what else he can do um i i, I did have fun with it it's not on my list but i think it will be an honor, honorable mention at the end of gotcha. the year, probably. Yeah. Nice. I, I liked it a lot. I did enjoy it a lot. And it'll my, be it'll be toward the top of mine for sure. Yeah. My girlfriend liked it too. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. How do you, uh, as a brief tangent, I know that you know this might not be uh, this might not be, might not be the time, but Mike and Tiny, how do you guys feel about that kind of uh, synergy between mediums and in, in terms of storytelling, like writing writing comics with the intent of adapting it into a feature film? How do you how do you feel about that? How do you feel that that influences you? To be work? honest, I haven't really given it a whole lot of thought. Um, I think if it continues to produce movies like Kingsman, I'll I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a strange way to go about it. I, it, it feels like they are writing the coattails of something, and I don't I don't know what. <laughs> the cult appeal of uh, uh, the Scott Pilgrim, maybe. Oh. I, yeah, but. That movie was so unsuccessful. Right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was very careful to say cult. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I uh, uh whatever works for you. That's that's my opinion towards it. You know, I I when we were recording Potpourri a few minutes ago, I, I used the phrase 
Um, everyone has their own process. And if your process includes, hey, I kind of want to make a book along with this movie, uh-huh. go for it, man. If you're going to make cool stuff, who cares? Mm-hmm. Just go for it. You know? yeah. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Nice. Right, right, right. Okay. What's next? Uh, to keep it rolling, we're going to stay in February. Uh, this was the last movie I saw in February, Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> oh, God. This was the first movie I saw in March. Okay. Um, I feel I'll like... let you guys go first because okay. I, I have some interesting things to say about it. Okay. Um, I'm, in, in, to preface this, I've, I feel like we, we've probably talked about all these movies in, in various potpourris throughout the, throughout the year, but I mean, uh, hope, hopefully we're not too repetitive, but man, I hated this movie. Yeah, we had, we reviewed it. We had whole. Yeah, we did. With Fekas, yeah. That was, that's right. That was a week when Mikey had to take the week off, I think, and it was gotcha. me and Tiny yeah. and Fekas. Um, we, we railed it We, we ripped I mean, into it, yeah. yeah. So having said that, I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Mike. How did you feel about Jupiter Ascending? It's a, it's a stupid pile of crap. <laughs> by all means, it is a, it is a large failure. And uh, the... It's my understanding that the script was like 360 pages long. Jeez. And so clearly this was not 360 pages and clearly 260 pages of it were missing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I want movies like these to keep being made. If we, if, if they keep making movies like this, where, where uh, directors take an original idea and uh, they take their vision and studios throw all the money they can muster at them to make these types of movies. I'll take a Jupiter Ascending for a Mad Max any day. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> right? point. So, like, as much as I hated the final product, man, it looked gorgeous. It did. Uh, and, and there were some certain things to enjoy. I mean, I, I didn't leave the theater saying, man, I can't wait to see that again. But I, I was glad that a movie like that was made. Yeah. I think that's an interesting middle ground, and I agree with you. It's, it's, it sucks to just kind of crap on a movie that is one of the few wholly original uh, properties mm-hmm. to come out. I mean, I kind of felt the same way about crapping on uh, Pacific Rim last year. I did not like the movie, but I respected it as, a, as something that wasn't an adaptation or a remake or a reboot right. or anything like that. Right. But I agree. If, if, if studios... If studios, I don't know, if, if there is, there's a reason why there's a lack of originality in theaters. It's because I don't know if, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's because it sells. And, and if we can get something original like, like Jupiter Ascending or Pacific Rim and have the filmmakers make it a high quality product. I would love that to be a trend. And that's, it's sad that, that, that we have to speak about that in terms of, a uh, originality in, in, uh, in theaters, uh, for big tentpole releases, like originality and tentpole releases. We need to speak of that as if it could be a trend. I, I hate that we have to do that, but yeah, uh, that's the state of, of Hollywood right now. Right, 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 right. So. Well, uh, you guys already did an episode, so let's move to March. Okay. Or at least my March. Right. <laughs> uh, the Lazarus Effect. <laughs> wow. Uh, did not see it. You you mentioned it in a potpourri, I think, or one of the extended potpourris, I think. I think um, I mentioned that they showed... I'm just going to say it because the trailer revealed yeah. that Donald Glover dies in the trailer. Right. <laughs> horrible, horrible movie. It'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a worst of the year list for sure. Jeez. Wow. 
as a as a as a horror movie itself like I, like you know i mean mike you know me tiny you know me it's it's mid august is it mid august holy shit early uh, august it's the middle third yeah okay yeah um it's a third of the way through august and uh and you know i've got my sights set on shocktober viewing so in terms of horror does it even like should i even no, bother no don't okay. even I love the cast. I love the cast. And it, it's, it, it bottles the mind mm-hmm. that a group of, by the way, I, I said bottles. I was just going to ask. Doesn't it suck that you have to like clarify a, a movie quote? <laughs> you know? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it bottles the mind that a, that a group of competent performers can come together and produce that much crap. But they did. <laughs> uh, spoiler for later in this episode, but Mike, did you see Fantastic Four? No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I think I'm not going to. I'll don't, just say that. I I will say this. Um, don't spend money on it. Like, and I, wow. I don't say that. I won't. I don't. I won't. Yeah, and I'm not saying that as like, a, oh, it's not worth your money or whatever. I'm saying that as in like, do not spend money. Don't spend money on it because you will feel I that, won't. and it sent like it's it. I'm essentially saying the same thing that you said uh, in our in our year in review episode earlier this year, you, you went into an impassioned uh, spiel about how, how you were uh, telling people not to buy transformers. Uh, yes. For, oh yeah. Please don't. Yeah. Same, <laughs> same thing with me and fantastic four. It's atrocious, wow. but I mean, I might, I might circle back and talk about it when we get to August, but anyway, uh, I, I, that's, uh, I, I'll, I'll rant with you. I've come to okay. a, I've come to the, a spot. It, like in my life, it, um, and I don't mean to sound woe is me. I'm I'm a busy person. I like right. that I'm busy. I, I keep busy. I don't. I'm I'm not trying to complain. Right. But anyway, like tonight I had softball practice, and then I hit a deer, and the guys had to wait forever me because I'm a dick and I'm busy. Anyway, <laughs> I'm busy. So I like lately I've been trying to make sure I only consume things that are worth my time mm-hmm. I, I i see too many shitty movies yeah uh and i've read cover to cover i've read books i don't like just because i'm a completist mm-hmm. and so i that's really something I'm, tr- I'm trying hard to get over uh and so i'm a marvel fan and i'm a comic book movie fan and i'm a fan of michael b jordan and miles teller but i think i'm i just i'm telling myself i'm not gonna see fantastic four yeah it it's yeah in that context don't it's uh it's one thing to and like and, and i mean in in that in that respect by the way thank you for coming back for these few episodes yeah, yeah. no problem um but and but uh in that context it's a different thing to to go to movies that you don't think that you're going to enjoy just on the off chance that it'll surprise you or or just yeah hear, that's true yeah but if you like, it's a different thing to go see a movie that you're interested in and then be disappointed rather than go to see a movie ba- with the expectation that maybe it's not as bad as people say. So it's, it's a time, it's a time management thing that it's a totally understandable that you, that you would do that. Like you can still keep your critical eye of movies by seeking out things that you think that you'll just enjoy without sacrificing that by That's true, going yeah. through. So agreed. Yeah. So I don't know what Moving I was on. doing with that. Moving on. Yeah, totally. Go ahead. Moving on. Um, Chappie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, did we... I think this was... I think we talked we about it earlier. We did an episode about this. Yeah, I think that was an episode where 
Tiny wasn't there because we had like two episodes in a row where each each of you guys took a week off. Um, yeah. I will say this. <laughs> you know, I won't say it because I'll, I'll. Well, I mean, it's not a. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Ex Machina, but uh, I will say that I am so disappointed in myself that I saw Chappie in the theater and not Ex Machina. I'll, yeah. I'll say that because Ex Machina was the movie that Chappie should have been. It made the statements that Cha- that Chappie tried to make and failed miserably at. And huh. uh, yeah, I, I was not a fan. How did you feel about it, Mike? I really liked it. I, I had really? fun with it. Hmm. Um, I think the second time I saw it, it dragged a little bit. Okay. Um, and I think that Die Antwoord or D Antwoord are, are really not good. I think they're, no. I think they're miscast. Um, and it's clearly like the director playing favorites, mm-hmm. you know, cause he, which is what, I mean, he liked the band and said, I want to put the band in my movie. Right. And I just, I, I don't think they're very good. Yeah, I wasn't engaged hmm. by the story at all. Tiny, what'd you think of that? Was, that's that's a bummer. That's one of the few things in the movie that I kind of enjoyed. Were oh really? Diantra- yeah, Jennifer? that's yeah. Hmm. I th- I thought they were kind of perfectly cast, actually. Huh? As you know, crazy criminal gangsters. I thought they kind of fit the bill. But I, I but, guess so. I I might just hate crazy criminal gangsters. I, that's fair. You know, I fair. I'll kind of uh I'll kind of side with you, Mike. I don't think it's that you hate crazy gangsters like that i think that it's just they were so off-putting um it's true and everything and i mean you're entitled to to enjoy their performances tiny but uh i just i didn't see that i i was i was so ready for them to either get gruesome gruesomely murdered or um just written off screen <laughs> or written out of the movie yeah i mean was, I, I i didn't care to see either of them reciting uh Shakespeare, you know, I don't want to see, <laughs> right. I don't want to see a guy cast as Hamlet or anything. Um, <laughs> but you know, for those roles, I thought, I thought they were, they entertained me throughout it, and I thought they were, they were kind of fun. Okay. But, but I've only seen it the one time, and I really didn't care for the movie all that mm-hmm. much. So, so uh, how would you guys, like Mike, you said that you saw it a second time. Um, yeah, I don't really have any intention of really seeing it again. Me either. I I kind of it kind of just left a sour taste in my mouth, and it, it it's a shame because uh, uh, uh what is his name uh, Neil Blomkamp mm-hmm. set such a such a high mark with District Nine, and I don't think he's reached the level that he no achieved with that by a no. long by a long shot. No, um, so he's yeah. repeated it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes me really nervous about Alien. I'm worried that it's going to end up on uh, that Chappie's going to end up on my one of my worst of the year list. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I, and I didn't even particularly hate it that much. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember where I put it on my list. I think I put it in the in the bad section. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, what's next? Uh, I have on here all cheerleaders die, but I didn't see that in theaters. But that might have been a 2014. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, run all night. What month are we in? We're in, still in March. March. So March okay. I remember Mikey bringing up Run All Night and saying that it was. Uh, I believe you said that it was the best Liam Neeson action movie since the first Taken. Yes, Does I that... still think that's true. Nice, yeah. cool, yep. very nice. I haven't, I haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. Hmm. Uh, the Gunman. Oh, you saw that. With Sean Penn, yeah. Yeah, how was oh, that? Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't see it. How was it? It was okay. It was the type of movie that I think would have done really well in the 90s, just kind of like a, a middle-of-the-road action movie okay. thriller, but it was it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, Hollywood was wants, right. wants to bring that subgenre back so bad. 
Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. Anyway. Uh, Run All Night is kind of one of those movies, I, but mm. Run All Night's better. <laughs> so we're in April. Mm-hmm. And on April 2nd, I saw It Follows. Yes. And, Have uh, we all seen It Follows? I believe so, and I think we all talked about it in an episode. But um, yeah. Okay. Because I have changed my tune. Really? I f***ing love it. <laughs> so nice. Pardon my, pardon my French mm-hmm. to all my younger listeners out there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I really have changed my tune. And I think I... Were you down I on it what before? we all said, but we were kind of like not impressed, or at least not scared by it. Okay, yeah. Right? But uh, over the summer... Doing a little hiking, I listened to the soundtrack and just the just the music and being outside it really made me want to see the movie again. So I went and bought it on Blu-ray, um, and we watched it. And man, I had such a good time. I nice. I, I went in um, thinking, okay, you you know you will not be scared, but let's experience the atmosphere. Let's let's discuss the themes. Let's let's figure out how this movie makes us feel uh, rather than whether or not this movie makes us jump. And this movie is so spot on. It, mm-hmm. It's so, it's so tight. Um, it's so perfect as an allegory for, um, growing up. I like that, or I guess, uh, loss of innocence and, mm-hmm. and leaving youth behind. I like that it doesn't treat sex like this ultimate taboo thing, but it also doesn't forgive it. And so that's kind of ambiguous there. Um, and you guys know me, someone who struggles with, with ambiguity. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trying to embrace it. Uh, and I think like I used this as a gateway drug for embracing ambiguity. I, I really nice. like it follows a lot. That's awesome. I'm really glad yeah. to hear you say that. Cause I, I loved it from the get go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, yeah, I've, it's, it's going to be on my top 10 list. I don't have it on nice. my list right now, but it's, it's, because I'm kind of conflicted, and mm-hmm. technically it came out in 2014, but it didn't get its wide release until 2015. That's true. Right. That's so, true. Um, but I was hesitant to put it on the list now, but yeah. it's it's going to make my end of the year list. Nice. I, I think I, it will. You know, I'm I'm really eager to revisit it because I I was kind of unaffected by it essentially. I mean, I've not I I appreciated it on so many levels except for the horror level. I thought it was kind of just it didn't it didn't grip me. In, in the way that I, I wanted a good, a well-constructed horror movie like It Follows is uh, to grip me. Not necessarily to say that I didn't want it to scare, or uh, like it didn't scare me or anything. Like it was kind of, it was kind of creepy, but it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't really draw me into the horror element of it. Having said that, uh, I mean, I think when I first saw it, I probably would have rated it uh, fairly lower than what I would rate it now. I have it on, on my list. It's on, it's number six. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, that's pending a rewatch, which I'm, I'm planning on eventually coming back around and, uh, definitely by the end of this year, revisiting it probably in Shocktober, um, to kind of see it, mm-hmm. see how I feel about it again, because I, I really liked a lot of the elements of this movie. I was just a little underwhelmed and maybe that's because I, I went in. I think, I think for me and, and maybe Matt, if you feel this way too, at least initially, uh, uh, I was under- underwhelmed by the creature. The I was underwhelmed by it, the villain. Right? I, I really... It, they set this... It follows. It is in the title. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> right. Uh, and so I was just hoping that it would be a lot scarier than it was. Okay. And I think I went... It, when I went in with that... Um, 
with that pretense. And then I, I kind of didn't have those hangups the second time. It's, it's really not about it. It's about, right. uh, it, it is not the creature. It is not, it is, uh, the, it in the title is, is, um, you know, your youth. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or escaping hmm. youth. I mean, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's about a lot of things. It's not, it's not necessarily the creature. Yeah. Yeah. It does have those, that kind of allegory to it. Yeah, in mm-hmm. that extent, yeah, and I think it's, I, I loved, I loved the it, if you will, the the creature in this because it's, I think what what so many horror movies, especially creature movies, do wrong is they, they focus too much on explaining what it is, yeah. and it's like, uh, you, when you when you look behind the curtain, you're often disappointed, and I think, I I, I think, right, when you just leave the curtain closed, it leaves so much more mystery, and you can kind of. Again, I know you're not crazy about that kind of that's a- ambiguous to an extent, and so I know you're not crazy about that, Mike. But that's something I appreciate. I think yeah. I think ambiguity can be a really useful tool to in a movie, and especially in horror. Yeah, um, and but that's yeah. Ju- that's just me, though. I mean, right, and yep. and kind of to close out the discussion, and we can move on after this. But yeah. um, the things that I the things that made this movie stick out to me and and stick with me to the point where I'm. I'm very eager to revisit it. Is that it set up? It set up a unique concept for a, for a, a a monster. It set it up in a way that um, it established its rules in the in the world so well that mm-hmm. it like maybe better than anything that I've seen in a horror movie recently. Mm-hmm. And it was well. So... I have a friend who had a problem with when uh, their spoiler alert, spoiler alert in five four three. Two, one. Who, when they're on the beach, it like grabs uh, our our final girl's hair and pulls mm-hmm. it up into the air. What's the point? I mean, it could have just killed her. You know what I mean? It's That's true. clearly a visual gag. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that it did. It, or it. Didn't, I mean, I give it a pass. That's yeah, a, that's it, a minor bugaboo for for a horror movie. Yeah, it yeah. didn't bother me because that was like really the only. I, that was an isolated incident within uh, a really well constructed movie. On yeah. the whole, so yeah, yeah. But we spent well, like we three episodes. Yeah, we we spent like three different episodes talking about it. Follows. Yeah, yeah, we have. So, but I think that's you know what it, what I think is cool about this this show and and this format and mm-hmm. how we don't really stick to something is is our conversations can kind of evolve. Oh yeah. Likewise, I think our feelings about it follows have evolved. I think that oh, yeah. speaks to what we're doing and also the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't feel bad for wasting your time, listeners. <laughs> oh yeah, me neither. <laughs> see, do see it follows. See it twice, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Furious Seven. I saw it a week later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's not much to say about it. There's really right? not. You know exactly what it is. <laughs> I think I said before, I think they handled Paul Walker at the end quite well. Agreed. Uh, and that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah, it's it's basically just it's just the next entry in the Fast it's, and Furious franchise. It's yeah. the next one. There's it, so, it's like episodes now. Yeah. It is, it's, yeah. It didn't it didn't set itself apart in any really significant way other than Paul Walker's death. Yeah, right. and it, it it handled that well and it and it really kind of it was a nice moment in the movie, but there's no denying that this is a this is a franchise that knows that it's it's it knows what it is and it plays to its audience so well. And I'm a member of that audience. I enjoy this kind yeah. of just really absurd action sequence, set piece after set piece, um defying the laws of physics. 
um, yeah. for for the sake of of uh, really fun action, and it, that's what it is uh, overall. It's it's a fun action movie, and I'm more fascinated with the trajectory of the franchise itself. It built it's this franchise stumbled into a a, a cohesive universe building franchise by accident, and and the way that uh, Universal kind of just stumbled into this really massively, uh, really uh, high-grossing franchise is just astounding to me. Yeah, they and, really did stumble into it. Yeah, and I'm yep. and I'm I'm a fan. I it's on my good list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the year. I mean, I it's not on my top. You just mean like if you put it in two categories, not on your top, right? It's well, it's. Uh, of my list, I've watched twenty movies that were listed. Okay, so your top ten. <laughs> it's it's not my top ten. It's not my top ten. It's my top uh twelve. It's like my okay. it's number uh well it's yeah, it's number eleven, but I mean that's <laughs> that's out of the twenty that I saw, so it's it's in the bottom half, but it uh it's it's separating I have them separated into good movies and bad movies, and it's a good movie for me. I had I had a terrific time watching mm-hmm. it in the theater. Terrific time. Yeah, I think that this is the third Fast and Furious movie that I I've seen with you in the theater. Yeah, I think so. Like release weekend. <laughs> yep. Yep. So so that's a fun tradition that yep. I hope we continue. It is what it is, and it doesn't apologize for it. Exactly. Nope. Yep. Moving on. Did you guys see Unfriended? Uh, no. But <laughs> no. You, you mentioned it before, and I'm 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 kind of curious about it. Um, you know, I, I put it in my middle list along along with Jupiter Ascending and one I'll talk about later mm-hmm. where uh, I like the idea. I, I always love an, another step uh, for horror. I love when they try something different, but really it ended up being more of the same. There were some highlight scenes. There's a They play a game of Never Have I Ever, which, which is really pretty intense. And uh, I think if you're – if you are – uh, 14 to 17 years old, you will love this movie. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, okay, but nice. I, I think there's a particular audience. I don't think we are it. Uh, and I said before on a, on a separate podcast, the movie The Den does a similar thing, but better. Okay. Nice. So check out Unfriended if you are in high school. If you're in college, watch The Den. I, I promise <laughs> you will at least enjoy The Den. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I did a double feet. Well, double feature. We went to the drive-in. Oh, nice. And saw Get Hard. Oh. <laughs> did you guys see it? I nope. didn't see it. I heard. I heard. It, it. None of the previews did anything for me. It's not bad. We we decided we really like Kevin Hart. Nice. Yeah, he's fun. I um, like and him. McFarlane USA. Uh, and what? Oh, McFarlane USA. McFarlane USA. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's the running movie. It was Kevin Costner's best movie since Field of Dreams. Oh wow! Wow, yeah. really? Yeah. High praise. Um, <laughs> I guess so. I'm yeah. not a Kevin I mean, Costner. I wouldn't fan. say I'm a Kevin Costner a fan, but uh, sweet Disney. Mo- I mean, it was it was a it was a formulaic Disney movie. I mean, it's a perfect recipe, but yeah. people like perfect recipes. You know what I mean? Hmm, cool. It's McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh. And then I saw Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Oh, my God. Uh, should we even dignify it with discussion of any kind? I no, haven't seen it. it. It's probably my worst movie of the year. Wow. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll say that. Um, April was also Ex Machina. I think we can kind of save that. It, it's it's currently, I think, my movie of the year is okay. what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say... It's on my list. Okay. 
Okay. I know you weren't you weren't crazy about it last week. Well, no, I mean I. Uh, the thing is, I just I. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a pretty good movie. It's just that I think a lot of people are giving it like they like they give it an eight point five or a nine out of ten. <laughs> is that a dig at me? No. <laughs> I gave it an eight. Did you read my review? I did. Yeah, I gave it an eight point five. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you're you're one of the most people who give it an eight point five mm. or nine out of ten. I give it like a seven or okay. seven point five. I liked the movie. I just uh, a lot of people are blown away by it and they think mm. it's sort of groundbreaking in certain ways and it really it separates itself from other AI movies and it's it's mm. it's a really good movie and. I didn't quite. I wasn't blown away by it, okay. but I did like the movie. I was intrigued by it and enjoyed it. I, I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to just get my my feelings known on the podcast about it. Um, and I I will say this, and I swear to you guys, it's gonna sound like I'm I'm going back to just just uh, shitting on Interstellar. Uh, it's gonna sound like that, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm just using it as an example that I feel like. What Alex Garland did with Ex Machina paid homage um, to the filmmaking of uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick a lot better than anything Christopher Nolan did in Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar gets lauded upon with all of these like, oh, it's it's like 2001. It's it's you know it's it's ve- it's very Kubrickian and all that. But it, I didn't get that at all. I felt like it was more derivative than anything. And Ex Machina. Even something as simple as just the the red glow just signaled to me like that color palette and the the design of the of the uh, research facility just felt very deliberately shot in a way that really was reminiscent to me of of Kubrick's style and it, it did it in a way that um, the the fact that I I got these notions from a first time director um, in a way that made it feel like he was doing he was showcasing his unique style while paying tribute to one of the greats um i felt like that was very effective storytelling on a visual level and and i just i really loved that movie um Mm -hmm. i i really did like i i i mean you know i've i've gone on record several times saying that 28 days later and sunshine are two of my favorite movies and so you know you might say that i came to ex machina with maybe a little bit of bias but I would I would even disagree with that, saying that I I wasn't crazy about Dread, which Alex Garland wrote, and I think there was reports that he kind of did some light directing or or uh, helped direct it or something. But I wasn't crazy. I didn't even like it really that much. Um, mm. But Ex Machina, man, it just man, it blew me away. I I really and I, and I have to say this. I I tweeted this and I said it in jest, but. My God, that scene, and this isn't spoiling or anything, but there's one scene, there's one line in the movie that just killed me. Like, I, I laughed so hard. It was when uh, when uh, the, the two main characters are Caleb and Nathan. Uh, Caleb is confronting Nathan over something that he saw on a video, and he says, you tore up her picture, and then Nathan says, I'm about to tear up the f***ing dance floor, dude. <laughs> And it's such, like, like I, tweeted, I tweeted a link to it on a uh, YouTube link to it and saying, this is, is this the best scene in Ex Machina or is this the best scene in movies? <laughs> because I really enjoyed it. But I will say that, and I say that in jest and it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just being facetious, but I will say that the scenes where, where the two leads are discussing the science behind what's, what, what they're doing and, and kind of having these, these thought provoking conversations about what the implication of, of what they're doing is 
I mean, my God, those scenes were just so genuinely well-written and they resonated with me just as a fan of science fiction and a fan of, of good storytelling. I, I, I got so much out of it. It was such a thought-provoking um, movie. And and it, w- without even getting into the plot of the movie, there's a lot to just you know kind of chew on, and I, I really appreciated it for that. It didn't dumb it down for the audience. There wasn't any again. This is me being a dick, but there wasn't any scene of of like like Caleb didn't go up to Nathan and say, "Hey, you're a genius scientist. Here's how a wormhole works," uh, like in certain other movies that we won't talk about, but. It, it just didn't dumb it down. I really appreciated it for that. I really, I really liked that movie. So come back next week for our third part of our Ex Machina review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one final thing, though. I did – I watched it twice. In the week since last week, I watched it once on renting it on Amazon, which usually my go-to uh, digital rental service is Google Play, um, which I haven't had a problem with at all. I usually I usually cast it to my Chromecast from my tablet, and it it works fine, everything like that. Amazon worked. But it, it basically I, what I did was I used it on – I rented it through Amazon on my PS3 and downloaded the file to my PS3 and played it off of that. But oh my god, it was just – I didn't pay for the – I didn't pay the extra dollar for HD because usually usually watching stuff on, on PlayStation from, from like downloading from an online source like that, like PlayStation Store, works well. It, it, standard definition is good enough on with a HDMI cord and, and, and HDTV. But oh my god, it looked awful. Like it, I it almost took it didn't almost take me out of the movie, but it it was just a really just crappy experience. I won't be renting from Amazon anymore. So uh, after I got paid the next day, I I bought it off of Amazon and waited for it to get here and and watch the Blu-ray nice. and uh, really really loved it. Um, cool. Yeah. So anyway, moving on. I didn't mean to you know, moving on. Uh, May is the kickoff of summer. Yes. Yep. On the 1st of May, I saw the Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes, sir. Yes. As did we. Um, we talked about it in our yeah. phase two of Marvel Cinematic Universe. How does it, uh, how does the memory of Age of Ultron hold up to you guys? Well, I saw it twice. <laughs> how did, how'd that go? Uh, I, I sense a little, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I loved the spectacle of it both times. Both times I left the theater saying, "Oh, that was awesome," and I and I maybe even liked it better than the first. But when I when I'm looking at the list, it's it's not a movie of the year for me. Mm. It's not a. I mean, it'll it'll end up in the top ten, but I I don't know. I'm just like currently not floored by it. I also have to poop a little bit, so I'm not sure if that's. (laughs) (laughs) But. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it was good. It was, of course, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm floored by it either. Um, like I was the first Avengers, but yeah, it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be in my top ten. And I just loved the character stuff in it. I just loved it. I mean, and it's it, you can say a lot of you can take a lot of things away from it. You know, it, it was a lot of setup. I think for what they plan to do in the future with the Civil mm-hmm. War stuff, Infinity, Infinity Wars, and all that. Um, so it had a lot of setup feel to it, but there was so much good character stuff in there that I didn't really care. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with there being a sort of lackluster story or not a not a top notch story as long as the characters get some great stuff, and it, it did that for me. You know, I rated it an eight and 
it's you know i rated it eight and then uh spoiler for my for my thoughts on ant-man which i've already talked about but um ant-man i gave it a 7.0 and you know as more as much as i keep kind of uh kind of kind of uh thinking on these two movies the the marvel cinematic universe and all that stuff i realized that i'm rating it against this in in a bubble of of the mcu and while it is an 8.0 for me it's if you were to watch it as just a standalone movie on its own merits it it wouldn't rate that high with me and yeah i have yeah it's because it is a lot of setup and i feel like Marvel at this point has like they're kind of setting a, a dangerous precedent of uh, having this shared universe that's just generating money, and so they're kind of using that as just stepping stones for each installment, and with it while sacrificing them, they have they've been notoriously awful with with their villains, um, and and they haven't really shown me any sign of of changing that. And unfortunately Ultron falls in that category because I felt like there was not a lot, a lot of development in, in his, in his arc. And I'm hoping... I will say for fans, I was mm-hmm. very pleased even more so than the first one. Uh, yeah. you know, it had the, it had Easter eggs where, I, you know, nice. I complained that the first one did not. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I really liked the spectacle. It was fun, but, uh, if I was if I were rating it in any season other than summer, it would be a little bit harder to swallow. Um, yeah. 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 All right. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. I haven't gotten to see it. Yeah, I've been so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that's one of the movies they would have done a VOD release of. Yeah. But it was it was just too successful in the theaters. I think. Mm-hmm. Was it was it successful or I think it yes. was. Yes, oh, it was a huge yes. hit. Good. Okay. Good. Oh, yeah. So not yeah. a not a movie of the year, but I think it was. I think it was number one for. No, was was it number one? I don't know that it ever hit. I don't know. Hmm. Sorry, fans, you you find out and let us know. <laughs> would you say it was uh, not movie of the year, but would you say it was a movie of the summer? I'm talking about box office wise. Oh, okay. Never mind. Or uh, would yeah. you put it in your movie of the year in? Uh, and would it? How would it rank in your year of list? If summer starts in May, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, okay. it's probably my movie this summer. Nice, nice, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we'll we'll move on since I'm the only one who saw it. Please do see Mad Max; it's great. Uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, that's on my crappy <laughs> list. It's on my crappy list as well. Mine too. We talked about it. We did. Uh, we had an episode with did. Fecus. Uh, I don't oh, think you guys talked about it. Yeah. yeah. How do yeah. you what do you think of it overall, Mike? Oh, just incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't disappointing. It was exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. No, it was it was the same. It was the same. Yeah. Stupid. Sucked. Yep. Also, um, I think yeah, I'm the only right. one who saw this movie in May, Hot Pursuit. Did you guys see that one? <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't. No, like, I did okay. not catch that one, Tiny. I saw it in my list, and I was like, "What is hot? I don't even know what is hot <laughs> pursuit." I had to IMDb it. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's if you, if you can't remember, if you're like me, uh, it was the comedy with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Sophia oh, Vergara. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it was so so awfully bad, <laughs> really terrible. Um, prob maybe my worst of the year. 
uh, by the end of the year. It's currently my worst of the year. Maybe my worst of the year by the end of the year. It's, it was just so, so not funny at all Jeez. and cliched to the nth degree and just not, not original or quality in any way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to see that. <laughs> Do not. It's awful. <laughs> no. So, yeah. yeah. Moving on. Um, moving on. Uh, did you guys see Tomorrowland? I, no. How was that? I didn't see it either. You, how was it? Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrowland is another example of a movie. Uh, it's very similar to Jupiter Ascending. It was mm-hmm. it was really boring for most of it uh, and really overly, I guess, disappointing. Um but I love the idea of it. The the theme at the end is great. I, I, I don't want to say much because I kind of want to recommend people see it and I don't want to spoil it. Um, but I think it has a lot to say about our culture that we, uh, that we overlook a lot, that um, a lot of Disney movies kind of don't have the guts. Uh, I don't want to say don't have the guts, but we don't often see it in a Disney movie. So um, it was really good. It, it wasn't very exciting sci-fi uh, action though. So it, it definitely fell short for summer popcorn, but, uh, it was thought provoking enough to warrant at least a watch at home. Okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm planning on seeing it regardless because strictly because so many podcasts I listened to covered it and I want to get through those episodes, but, um, cause I'm a, I'm a completist in that regard, but, um, yeah, it, we saw it. We saw we saw a preview of it before Avengers. It, like, was it, it played like yeah, a, that's right. A, a, an IMAX segment, a clip of it. Yeah. yeah, and it just it didn't do much for me. Yeah. So I'm a little, yeah. little intrigued by it, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll we'll report back. Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, so moving on, at least for me, to June, and on June second, I saw Pitch Perfect two. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen this. You guys have both seen it. Uh, go ahead. I loved it. I I love Anna Kendrick. She's my she's my current star crush. Not that that makes a good movie or a good actress, um, right. but I think I was gonna. I what I'm saying is that I am not qualified to speak objectively <laughs> because I loved <laughs> okay. it. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. I don't think it was uh, it wasn't as nuanced as the first one. Um, the first one was better. But, yes. Uh, Here, the thing about the new one is that every character had growth and payoff. Yeah. And I love that so much. This this one was just kind of fun. Yeah, it was. Okay. And I, I laughed a lot at it. Yeah. Um, which which is uh you know, one of the more important things I needed to do. So yep. right. I enjoyed it. Hmm. All nice. right. Moving on to Insidious Chapter Three. Ugh. <laughs> I some people like this and I and it blows my mind. <laughs> really? Some people are excited for i don't know i don't understand i wasn't even i i mean i have i i didn't see it but i have a kind of tenuous relation or i have a, I have a, a poor relationship with the franchise because i watched the first movie and i was just basically and this is back when i was working third shift so i mean this is to easter and i watched it like kind of late in the in the morning uh after work and i was just really exhausted and i kept falling asleep so i i don't have a clear memory of it but nothing about it really gripped me um is that the Patrick Wilson one? Yes, it's James Byrne. It's James Wan, well, this, right? The uh, the the first two are Patrick Wilson and James Wan. The okay. third one is just Lee Wan L and uh, Lin Shay becomes the star. Oh, okay, huh. okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean the, the 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 cute sexy teen is the star, but right. 
Lin Shay is is the story. Okay. I'll ask this, and this is a slight tangent. Um, uh, there was an article about a theater in like Ohio or something that um, some people uh, at a screening of Inside Out, the theater accidentally showed Insidious Chapter Three, and it was just—I mean, this is a tangent, and this this is more just a, a commentary on on my dislike of this kind of uh, knee jerk outrage kind of li- uh, culture. Culture, yeah. Um, yeah. Because like there was just this really just sanctimonious like talking head like figure in in the article saying like i brought my kids to see uh, a pixar movie and and they they were very disturbed by the by the movie and i'm like okay and and i'll just like i wanted to go up to this person and say go f- yourself <laughs> and like because honestly and and i'll get to my question for you mike but honestly if you if you sit your kids down in a theater and you Go through the trailers of the movie for a Pixar movie and realize that, and don't realize that since none of these trailers are animated or kid friendly or anything, if it takes you to the beginning of a movie, and even then, if if you, and granted, Insidious Chapter 3, I haven't seen it, it's PG 13. I can't imagine anyone would sit in a theater for a long enough time. Someone who someone who has such an outrage for the for the protection of their children to the point where it's where it's you know probably sheltering them. Um, it, I can't imagine someone with that mentality who isn't exaggerating their their outrage would be able to sit through the opening credits or the opening scenes of Insidious Chapter Three long enough to have their kids be damaged by it or or tor- torture tormented by it by the imagery without realizing hey i don't think that this is inside out yeah um if you yeah, make it a minute exactly. into that and realize it's not and can't realize it's not inside out it's it's your fault yeah yeah so you're so the, the one to blame yeah so the question i have is there anything in the opening moments of it in insidious chapter 3 where it could harm a child seeing it because their parent is an idiot yeah it's frustrating it, is there anything in the opening scene for that or anything? Oh, scene? I'm sorry. Oh, you're uh, fine. The, no, not the opening scene. I didn't think it's so. pretty early. Maybe maybe eight to ten minutes in. <laughs> okay. There's a there's a scare. But still, if you sit there for eight minutes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So having said that, should we move on? <laughs> well, uh in June, I'm not sure if either of you have seen uh Matt, you saw it, but uh the documentary Going Clear. Not a theatrical release, but uh, it came out uh, on HBO. And I talked about it in a past potpourri, maybe. I think I talked about I think it. so. Um, so I won't go into too much depth, but just a really, really gutsy documentary and, and a really well-constructed documentary to expose this really disturbing truth about mm-hmm. something as something as uh, as controversial as, as Scientology. Uh, it's just a really, really well-done documentary and, and very incredible information i agree Great definitely movie. awesome yep cool. that was in june so all right moving on oh geez san andreas can we can we not talk about san andreas <laughs> I haven't seen it i didn't see it so we can okay. move along. it's crap spy there's not a lot to say there most mccarthy is she's she was pretty good in it i don't really like her all that much but she's pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. I, I um jurassic world yeah, we uh... there is an interesting thing happening that I'm kind of happy about. Uh, I'm starting to see articles about Jurassic World 
uh, written kind of from my perspective of what's the big deal. What do you mean from your perspective? Well, it's not that great, uh-huh. but it's it's the third highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Of all time. Of all time. I, well, I'm not sure that, that its its popularity reflects how people feel about it. I'm not sure people were real crazy about it all, all in all, but I think it made a ton of money because a bunch of people went to see it. Yeah. I think I guess. but word of mouth should have should have at least stemmed it a little bit in the <sighs> in the in the next weeks. I mean it it beat out I think it beat out inside out. It had it, legs. Yes. Yeah, it, it did uh, beat out inside out. It was uh yeah. inside out was the first Pixar movie to to debut at number two. Right. And, I, uh, I think that's just because it's it's Jurassic World. It's just so, it's part of such a tentpole franchise mm-hmm. um, that I think it's people are going to go see it regardless of the word of mouth or whatever. Yeah, we did an episode about it with uh, Matt Quiet from Nerds Domain, and I mean, oh. I, I wasn't, I I didn't like it. it it's it, I don't think it, it. I don't know that it will even end up on my top ten. It, oh, it's not going to be on mine. It definitely won't be. It's it's barely it barely broke the uh, the list for good. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a middle list. middle of the road movie. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm really curious. They announced they announced the release date for the sequel. I think it's like 2018. Really? Or, yeah, 2018. There, there's gonna be a three year gap, and I, I'm, I'm really really hoping that people will go and and revisit this movie in the in the interim between now and the sequel and realize how many problems it had. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I I really hope that. Because I'm, I can almost guarantee that the, I mean, this is such, it was such a juggernaut that the studio isn't going to do anything to make it different. It's, it's going to have the same yeah. problems for the sequel, and maybe I'm a cynic for thinking that, but I think that it's, it's. I'm really, really hoping that here in three years there's going to be just a huge disappointment in at the box office with Jurassic World Two or whatever it's called, because I, I don't think it, I think it had so many problems. I don't think it deserved to be the top grossing movie no yeah. um, it's kind of embarrassing well i mean in december that's gonna that's not gonna matter anymore. oh absolutely oh yeah no yeah. question right um yeah inside out uh currently my number one movie of the year okay haven't seen it'll it yet. be in my top three or four yes. or five uh 9.5 for me uh a return to form for pixar incredibly moving uh, I'm so glad I saw it at a matinee in uh, a few a couple months after it was released because I mean I I mean I'm a Pixar fanboy but I'm not um, above talking about how they've faltered in recent years and this movie just I mean I was I was you know I was getting weepy and it 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 introduced such an amazing concept and it and it did so much to to uh to explain to like even a young audience and it it did both both things for for the audience it it was able to tap into the the uh the adults and and understanding how how kids emotions work while also explaining to kids how emotions dictate your feelings and the story the uh the message that it delivered was so so moving it was it was it reminded me of how Monsters University, which is a movie I didn't really like that much, it kind of set this. It 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 told kids the truth. It said like, okay, well, you know, you can dream to be something, but it's okay if you're not, um, if you don't become that. It, it it's it's okay if that's not in your skill set, but you will find something that you will be good at. It's a similar kind of thing here, where it's telling kids that, um, I won't go into spoilers, but it 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 
um, it tells kids and adults how feelings, um, how their feelings operate on a psychological level in such a colorful and beautiful message. And uh, I, it's going to be a tough movie to dethrone throughout the rest of the year. Wow. I, I would argue that it went over the heads of a lot of kids, a lot of kids. Yeah. And that if I had a complaint about it and I, I struggled to find one and I'm also not a kid. So who gives a shit? But uh, I I think it would be very difficult for a lot of kids to understand. And I also think if you disagree, you're giving kids too much credit because kids are really, really, really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Word. You know, I I see your point and I agree. Kids are pretty stupid. Um, But I don't. I mean, I was I was moved by it and I was on the edge of my seat every second of it. But I, I, I also think. Uh, I don't think it would be a very good movie to take like a four or five year old. Interesting. I uh, yeah, I agree to disagree. I'm I'm it's 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 funny because I have like next to Tiny can see this now and attest to it. Next to my uh on my shelf in front of my TV, I have uh pretty much most of my Blu-rays for Pixar movies because I realized that Inside Out is the first Pixar movie we've had in two years. And so I'm very curious if I'm, if my my reaction, my 9.5 of it, um, the rating of it is is knee jerk because I miss Pixar, um, and I'm curious how I'd feel about it in context for the rest of the studio's movies. And I would love to do a review series, but I don't know if I'll have time. But uh, we'll see. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so July first, another. Top three contender for me was Love and Mercy. Oh yeah, right. You mentioned that last week, and I mentioned that uh, uh, an episode or two ago. Yeah. yeah, did you guys see it yet? No, not yet. No. Okay, I saw Dope on uh, July eighth. Uh, that's another movie that is uh, covered on one of my favorite podcasts slash filmcasts. So I will see it eventually, but I don't know much about it. How was it? Uh, it was pretty good. I wanted it to be better. Um, I think they, I think it, it, it kind of at times felt like two movies spliced into one. Okay. So not bad. Uh, the gallows. <laughs> you mentioned that, uh, a couple so it's either the gallows or Paul Blart two for the worst movie of the year. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Gallows was very frustrating. There's a, uh, uh selfless with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Selfless was okay. Um, not a whole lot to say about it. I think that's how most audiences felt. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yep. Yep. Train wreck. Oh boy, we talked about it a lot. I don't think we did. Did we know? I don't think we. Oh yeah, about pa- it Pat talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pat talked about it. It was before me and Tiny saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like the movie. I I rated it a five point five. I wrote a review on the site, so you can check it out there. But I felt like it was very. Very, it was funny. It was it was pretty funny. It was yeah. it was humorous, but yeah. it fell victim to Judd Apatow, uh, his overindulgence of of or his lack of editing. Really, it was really long, really overlong, and it was so formulaic of of hitting all the notes of the of the rom com genre. It was very yeah. tropey, and as a rom com fan, I was not a fan of that. I didn't like it. I did like the. Uh, 
I did like LeBron James, though. I thought that that was really clever, having him be, be the uh, kind of token best friend uh, character in a rom-com. But having him be him was just, it was humorous, and if not a little gimmicky. Agreed. I thought it was hilarious. Nice. Yep. Uh, Ant-Man? Uh, fun. Surprisingly fun. Uh, yeah. It was, we, t- we talked about it with uh, Pat. Uh, a couple few weeks ago, but it was uh, you know, it was fun. I'm kind of nervous about how it'll hold up to repeat viewings, but yeah. yeah, I think it'll be in my top ten probably. Really? I think it will be. Nice. If not, it'll be a strong honorable mention. I think. Wow, nice. Yeah. Mike, what do you think of it? Uh, I'm kind of on your side, Matt. I, mm-hmm. I it's kind of under. Uh, I don't want to say underwhelmed by it, but um. I don't know. It was as good as a movie called Ant Man could be. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, Like I said, with with uh, Age of Ultron, it'll be interesting to view it separately from the cinematic universe. I I did. I loved the tie-in, or I I loved the the scene that established that there was going to be a tie-in to to a character from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like I I liked that reveal a lot. and I liked. I I thought it was an enjoyable movie, but it had its problems. And um, but I think given the circumstances behind the scenes, they did the they put out the best product that they could. Definitely. Yeah. Moving on to August, um, this actually came out in February or January. February, I believe. Uh, what we do in the shadows. I've heard about this. Haven't yeah, heard. it's uh it's a vampire mockumentary uh <laughs> written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. <laughs> nice. Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Right. And uh Taika Waititi is uh is uh I guess a New Zealand a, a Kiwi celebrity. Hmm. I don't I don't know him very well, but it was hilarious. Nice. Cool. Hilarious. Very nice. Yeah, very check good. That out. Uh, definitely check it out. It's a, I think it would it qualifies for Chucktober, and I think you'd be pleased with it. Very nice. Cool. Yeah, I love it. Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Uh, haven't seen it. Him either. Um, I really want to do a franchise rewatch, or, or I want to watch the whole franchise and and watch it in context of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I'm weird like that, I won't do like a review series or anything, but um. Yeah, I'll I'll report back later. How was it? It was pretty good. Uh, the J.J. Abrams one is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would say number four, number two, number sorry, number three, number four, number two, Rogue Nation, and then number one. But they're all good, so I, I don't I don't mean that to sound as bad as it does. I really didn't like Rogue Nation. I Wait. thought I was. So, or uh, I'm sorry, the last one, Ghost uh, Protocol. Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. The Brad, yeah. Brad it was, one? yeah, it was so lackluster. I really didn't hmm. care for it. Hmm. I still think the first one is the best. Really? Yeah. Wow. I got like 45 min- minutes into it before I uh, got really drowsy and I took a nap. And it took a four. <laughs> I paused it, took a four-hour nap, and then ended up staying up until like 2 a.m. and then having a really crappy day at work because I was so tired. <laughs> uh, and I That's haven't sense. gone back to finish it so. All right, moving on. Yes. <laughs> uh, Southpaw. I want to say that my brother cried four times. Really? Oh, wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. I got a lump of cry once. 
Tiny and I tried to see it. Yeah. Um, uh, to context for context, we uh, I I have a I submitted my email to gofobo.com, which gives uh, passes to screenings around the city, and uh, and I got I got passes to see to see Southpaw a, a week or so in advance. We drove up to the north side to see it, kind of a far drive and rush hour and all that. Got to it. Uh, they were uh, sold out because uh, it, it's first come first serve. So that's when we saw Trainwreck. So that's a long way of saying that I'll see it eventually. I'm not. I I'm not a fan of Kurt Sutter. Um, uh, he he was the showrunner for Sons of Anarchy, which I I I hated that show. I really did. And uh, he wrote for The Shield, which is one of my favorite shows ever. But Sons of Anarchy was just not good for me and uh i'm cu- curious what he does with uh with a movie okay uh <laughs> i liked it a lot i'm sorry i'm trying That's to get fine. through this uh the last movie i saw i guess the most recent movie i saw was paper towns how was that i saw i, I was gonna come you know, check in i'm gonna go out on a ledge here and say i liked it i think Better than The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot of people uh, are actually, not a lot of people, but the people I'm talking to, the people I've talked to about the movie, mm-hmm. uh, do not like Cara Delevingne. Uh, they have a problem with her. They also don't like her portrayal. Well, they don't like the character of Margot, and they don't like her uh, Cara Delevingne's portrayal of Margot either. Uh, and so they're, they're kind of have struggling with the end. But th- for me, the end... Um, kind of justifies the entire rest of the movie, and I really liked it a lot. I think uh, Nat Wolf is a is a rising star. I like that kid a lot. Uh, I I love him, so I'm very Terrific. curious to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it for your list then. For that is everything? it for my list. You guys have anything that I did not mention? Uh, yeah, I have a few, and I'll I'll make this brief. Um, let's see. Uh, sleeping with other people. I talked to I talked about it on our Ant Man episode with Pat. Um, I think, uh, it doesn't come out until like September, I think, but uh-huh. I rated it as an 8.0, but I mean, just it's, it's sat with me so well. I think I might, it might bump up to an 8.5 when I see it again. Uh, such nice. a, such a great rom-com with, uh, Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie are just fantastic. Um, Night Owls and Wildlife and Mistress America are all movies that I saw at Indie Film Fest that, uh, that get a pass on here that, that, that I have my seal of approval as good movies. Um, also, let's see, what else did we talk? I talked briefly about Fantastic Four. Don't waste your money. Don't see it. It's awful. It's, it's atrocious. I, I'm going to put, by the time this episode posts, I will have a review on the site. Check out my thoughts there. And I saw the reboot, requel, remake wool of, uh, of Vacation. Not good. Mm-hmm. 3.0. Wrote a review on the site. It's, uh, it was it was funny in a few times in a few spaces, but other than that, it was just a disservice to the franchise and the Griswolds. And um, at at most, fans of the fans of the Griswold uh, uh, people who revere Vacation, like you, Mike, will <clears throat> detest this movie. And people who have a passing uh, familiarity with the Griswolds will think that this movie is just bad. So yeah, bummer. Any on, your, any on your list, Tiny? Just Wildlike, which we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Which, nice. fun movie. Nice. Um, hey, well, that should do it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I might release our uh, True Detective talk as a bonus episode or something. Cool. So, okay, so, uh, yeah, we'll throw it to the pre record outros, and I know that we've, we've kind of burnt the midnight oil on here, so we'll, uh, uh, you know, 
end the episode. Bedtime for Bonzo. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Um, do we think, do we think Star Wars is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time? Um, I think you said probably. one time, Matt, that it's a given. And it's... I I remember thinking, oh, I'm not so sure. I, you know, I, I can't remember if I said this in the pod chat to you guys, or I think I started to, started to type it, but it was one of those times where I had said like two or three, two or three things. And since you guys have, uh, lives, you didn't have a chance to respond. So I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to cloud it with it, but I did want to mention that. I've heard so many, so many times, uh, I think maybe in our discussions and also on different podcasts and talking to other people, um, saying that like, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, Star Wars is going to just demolish it. And then I, I, like, it seems like more often than not, there's a response from like the diehard Star Wars fans, like you guys saying like, well, I hope so. And I'm just like, I'm looking at it from, from an, from someone who doesn't have like the, 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 uh, what's, (laughs) I don't have the same emotional stakes with star Wars that so many other people do. And I'm just like, dude, it's, it's going to just demolish it. It's going to beat avatar. It's, it's going to be the highest grossing movie. It's going to be, it's going to be Jurassic, uh, Jurassic world. Maybe I'm being, I'm exaggerating, but it's going to be Jurassic world tenfold. It's going to be, it's going to be a juggernaut. Um, you still you still saying that? You oh, still think that? oh, I would I would set, I would I would uh, I'd stake my claim on that. I would I would I would. Serve Should we up, make a bet? Yeah, I I would serve up my lost Blu-ray collection. Uh, I don't think it'll surpass, surpass Avatar. Really? I think we should make a bet. Okay. Yeah, Matt what, is saying highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. What? what uh, but okay, by its the, uh, through its theatrical run. In its theatrical run, yeah. yes. Worldwide. 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 Yeah. Okay, it might. Cause, well, because the, <laughs> well, the Chinese market is so much bigger than six years mm-hmm. ago when Avatar came out. Yeah. I bet it'll do really well. So maybe it will. I th- I'm not going to take the bet, but mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure that it's going to surpass Avatar. If I win the bet... You know, let me say, let me, let mm-hmm. me say this. Um, if Jurassic Park hadn't have just done it i would still hold fast to my claim that i'm not so sure mm. because i i believe titanic and avatar are anomalies it is very strange that those are the highest titanic <laughs> titanic it is very 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 strange that those are the two highest grossing movies of all time they are right? they do have one thing in common though obviously it's uh that they have scripts written by a hack writer <laughs> but um <laughs> no it, it, and it's because they're innovative and and they uh push the technology forward and everything like that and i i think avatar really had the the uh the 3d bump um going yeah, for it well, so definitely yeah so it may be yeah. a little maybe i am maybe i am not viewing it under the right pretense maybe it's not going to be as successful as those movies because um I also think a lot of people dislike Star Wars. Like nobody yeah. disliked Jurassic Park. I think people are ambivalent about it. I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just skipped it. Uh obviously nobody could dislike Titanic or or Avatar, but a lot of people dislike Star Wars. True. My counter to that though is that 
while people while people don't seem to dislike Jurassic Park or anything, Jurassic Park is still a uh, a figure for a generation, our generation, really. For I mean, it was released at a time in the early '90s when I mean, dinosaurs were the craze for kids our age and and in our age range. And uh, when you're talking about when you're talking about a property, uh, an intellectual property that speaks to a generation or, or uh, it, uh, that has a generational tendency, I mean, you really, really cannot exclude Star Wars from that. And uh, Star Wars has even even with the prequels, Star Wars has endured so long um, and been so like is so expansive that even people that don't like it will be a minority in terms of people who are like have tailored their lives around their star Wars fandom. I mean, those people alone will go see it multiple times just on principle. Yeah. Um, even, even Mike, I remember, I remember Mike, uh, years ago when, uh, there was talk about, uh, the prequels coming back to theaters and in, in 3d and everything. Like, I remember you saying like, well, any chance to see uh star Wars, like we had a discussion because we both hate 3d and all that. And you were like, well, any chance to see star Wars on the big screen, I'll see it. And I think that this is at a time where we haven't had a, a a quality Star Wars movie in a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and uh, and it's and it's this has all the benchmarks of being a quality thing, and people out of curiosity will see it, and it's coming at a point where it's before we get it's it's at the start of what could eventually become oversaturation of Star Wars content, but it's at the start of it, so I think it's going to just be a behemoth. I, the the hesitation that you're detecting though, Matt, is because we've been burned before. Right. It's that's the hesitation. Yeah, right. We're why, trying. Why is, didn't the Phantom Menace become the high, well? Because Phantom Menace <laughs> wasn't good. Yeah. Right. I think I think it's more a. Uh, I mean, there is there is an analogy to make about you know um, uh, uh, abuse victims here, and that, that might be <laughs> it might be callous, but honestly, I feel like that is like it's not your guys' fault. It's you know. <laughs> He's gone. He's 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 okay. You guys can love again. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> it's just it's it's interesting to me. So we'll see. We'll see. I think there I think there are other sure things. Like it, I think it will be the fastest to a billion. I absolutely mm-hmm. think that will happen. Yeah. I think it will have the highest opening weekend ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that will happen. Um, I even think in only five days it might be the highest grossing movie of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I I believe that. I or really seven do. days or whatever. Yeah. Well, we lingered on that for a while. We did, yeah. And I, yeah, let, let's let's get moving. Yeah, cause... sorry, we're we are running out of time. Inside Out. Uh, currently my number one movie of the year. Join the Obsessive Viewer podcast on October 16th, 2015 at the Irving Theater in Indianapolis for The Obsessive Viewer presents Shocktober in Irvington Part 2. It's a one-night event screening of short horror films from local artists J.P. Leck and Snapshot Productions. There will be giveaways, raffles, interviews with the filmmakers, and so much more. All proceeds will go directly to the Irvington Historical Society. Go to shocktoberinirvington.com for more details and prepare to be shocked. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by obsessiveviewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com 
And you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.